0: I'm Fathery. I'm Aaron. And before we get started with this joint presentation of Text Trek and Drawn to Trek, let's have a real quick Root Beer float break.
1: Captain's Log, stardate 7403.6. Are pretending to do a Captain's Log? I saw that, but I don't believe it. A Vendorian doctor. A uh, shapeshifter. Ah, Look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Felosian and tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Intelligent plants. Orion's little game of neutrality and piracy is over. For your information: riots haven't been pirates for over five years. Time to take this puppy off its
0: leash warp me welcome back aboard the starship texas for the 263rd installment of the tex trek podcast the home of star trek fandom from deep in the heart of texas where we take a deep look at star trek old and new and the 19th installment of drawn to trek an animated star trek podcast and part of the trek geeks network and uh, tonight we are talking about Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4, Episode 7, A Few Badgies More, written by Edgar Momplacir. I think that's a uh, first-time writing credit for Edgar, and directed by Lower Decks veteran Bob Suarez. Aaron, before we uh, we talk about this this episode, we got a, a little bit of, of big news to talk about this week. I think we should just start with like you know, like the big oh, the yeah. big celebratory one.
1: I'm like, wait, what big news? Like it this week has gotten very long. It feels like that happened three day or three weeks ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. Star Trek Prodigy has found a home. Yes. It Landed on Netflix. The the Starship is landing at Netflix. <laughs> well, that starship
0: does land frequently.
1: Yes. So. that one well, I sense. Yeah. Well I, now it's does the
0: Voyage can the Voyager A land? That's what that's what we The Voyager could Maybe land, we'll find so. out. Yeah. I would say the Voyager A could. Maybe. Hopefully. I, I would love to see. So,
1: at least at this point in Lower Decks, it's sitting on Earth in the Presidio, so it's not quite at the uh, Anthem Prime at the the museum yet. Yeah.
0: So I wonder, and since Prodigy is a couple years after Lower Decks, I wonder if it's yep. still on Earth or not.
1: No, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably not. I think they would have. You would have seen it. Well, I don't know if we really would have seen it. But I mean, it feels like that was something that they would have pointed out.
0: Yeah, they would be like, hey, we can just, it's just like a block over here. Like, we can just walk down there, you know? (laughs) But yeah, I'm very, very happy to see Prodigy has found a home. Uh, People have been asking how is Text Trek going to cover that with, you know, the Netflix distribution models. I am thinking it's extremely likely they'll drop the episodes in chunks. I I hope. I would be shocked if they do a a type of, some type of weekly release. I don't don't think Netflix would do that.
1: Well, at least if, if it's in chunks, at least it's not all at once. But yeah, that's going to be challenging. Yeah, I, I don't know I how don't we're going to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what the plan on on with the drawn to track side of things
1: is. Yeah, be. I have to think about that because how do you review that? Like, and know that other people have already seen. You have to have massive spoiler warnings and whatever you do, because there are people who are not going to watch it probably as quickly as we do.
0: <laughs> so, what I think will happen. This is what I what I foreshadow based on my extremely limited knowledge uh just this is just my speculation
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i th- i think that they'll they'll do two 10 episode releases so yeah, i, I think i think that's most likely they'll probably do one in the first half of the year and one in the second half of the year since they're saying 2024 so i don't maybe like a spring fall type thing i don't know something like that
1: and then it will take a break and go into season two. Oh no sorry i'm trying to think of, like are they going to dump I guess they'll, they'll drop all of season 1 at one time. Yeah. Then yeah. The season 2, yeah, sorry.
0: Cuz that's pretty standard when Netflix acquires uh, yeah. a show, they'll they'll put it they'll put everything up and then if they're buying new seasons, they always really, they always put that in in Uh, like either a whole season or like half a season. The only time Netflix has ever done like weekly episode releases is if they have like a distribution contract with like an overseas show. Or I think they were doing Mm. that a little bit with like USA a few years ago with like Burn Notice and some other USA shows. Or It might have been a different show, but I don't know. Oh, Depending on what
1: they do with Europe and and, and different countries, maybe that will still do that. Maybe we'll get a chance to do it weekly. That would be interesting.
0: Maybe. I mean, they're using Netflix for all the overseas Releases as well. So I think oh. I think it'll it'll release the same okay. everywhere. But I think that'll that'll be good for, you know, the way that kids watch. They do like to to binge. True. And uh, that's something that when I when I talked to uh, Kevin ha- uh, Hageman in Vegas, he said that that was one of the things he felt was hurting the show. So um,
1: it, oh, that it was it, weekly.
0: Yeah and that it was 5 and then they had to wait and then 5 more and then you had to wait a long time and then 10 more well, and it's just like Yeah
1: that was a weird that that whole process yeah. was not did not make sense but yeah if, I think if it was consistently weekly it might have been better but yeah I can see that that's not how people watch TV anymore.
0: But as, as far as uh, as far as text track if if there's 10 episodes and there's no you know if if Discovery and Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks are all like not coming out then uh, you know, like my what what I think we would probably want to do with with text trek is to cover them in in groups, but not like not all ten. Maybe like do five one week and five the next week, or something like that. But it would just depend yeah. on or
1: just depending on what the content is. Maybe group yeah. them by story beat or something like that.
0: Yeah, it it'll, it'll really largely depend on what Discovery is doing because yeah. I think that's going to be the the wild card. And I would think that Paramount Plus and Netflix would probably be like hey, we want people to you know, stream the Star Trek show that's going to be on our platform. Maybe we shouldn't put it out while this other one is out. Just a thought. We'll see what they do.
1: I'm just hoping that Netflix doesn't do what they do with a lot of shows where it's like, look at this amazing new show! And then they just disappear and don't ever talk about it again, and they don't advertise mm-hmm. it or anything. So I th- I feel like it's great that Star Trek Prodigy had this much buzz, and that hopefully that, that that will continue into the actual show in Season 2. Like at the end of Season 2, we need to be as vigilant as we were when it was canceled (laughs) or not canceled but deplatformed
0: yeah yeah everyone should make sure that you you uh click play on i don't i currently don't have netflix i don't have a netflix subscription but i'll I'll get one when the new episodes come out i'm just gonna uh, let it run
1: even if i don't watch it i'll just turn on season one and
0: that's what i was doing with uh, my, my dog has seen star trek prodigy more than me because i would i would uh i bought all the episodes on the google play store when it got taken down from Paramount Plus, and I would hit play and let them run all day while I was at work in the office. And, yeah. you know, my dog was stuck at home listening to and Pog and Murph and Rock Talk all day. So <laughs> he's probably memorized every line of dialogue <laughs> in season one. <laughs> but, but.
1: That's funny. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's it, I'm very excited. And we, you know, like, uh, I think it was AV Geeks or somebody basically said that uh, this goes to prove that uh, airplane banners always work. <laughs> so it was we really got like a lot of the the stuff that was mentioned like that that campaign you know i i donated a little bit but i was the one who went and you know we stayed and took all the pictures and stuff like that because without that i don't nobody would have seen it necessarily and then it wouldn't have got the buzz so i think it was a, a group effort and the fact that it was yeah. like incredibly not incredibly cheap but i mean it was like way cheaper than i thought it would have been it was like twelve hundred dollars or something altogether hmm. so I jokingly said uh, it's like there's going to be an article in five years, like how twelve hundred dollars save, saved Star Trek Prodigy <laughs> or something like that.
0: But uh, that's cool that our franchise has a tradition of you know fan yeah activism, I guess. So
1: yep, thank B. Jo Trimble for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, she got the the ball rolling on that tradition, and uh, mm-hmm. we've we've been doing a good job keeping it keeping it going. So. Uh, it is cool that we're getting like a lot of good news, and we got like the writers' strike ended. Uh, like I guess like a little bit of bad news as we thought the actors' strike was going to. Yeah, end that soon. doesn't it looks sound like, really good. <laughs> yeah, um, it, I I think it'll still be resolved by the end of the month. I think I think cameras will be rolling again in November. Uh, hmm. they the, the, they they did this with the writers. They, they there were talks that started up and then they broke down for a little bit, okay. and then a few weeks yeah. later they, they they resumed talks again. So. I, I think that they'll. It's just that they're going to have to cave on everything like they gave to the writers. So which is good. Yeah. You, it's good that the, the the writers' guild was able to. You know, it, it's interesting, Aaron. Uh, they they had movement on like every issue, every concern that they they addressed that that they brought up to the to the MPAA. They got or uh, the um what are they what are they called uh, the A A M P T whatever. But everything oh, yeah, they yeah. gave. Every issue they brought up to the studios, they they got movement on. So that that's uh, yeah. that's like the first time that's ever happened. i
1: was so. gonna say that's it was yeah. When they said that, I'm like, wow, that's surprising, and then you kind of wonder. It's like, is it really? And they're just kind of trying to like paint a better picture or whatever. And it's like, no, the writers wouldn't do that. They would just be like, they would say well, how much a, they didn't like. I,
0: I would. I don't. I, this is uh, historical, I guess. So it doesn't really, not really relevant. But I think a bit of that did happen with the 2007 strike. Um, and, and not the case now.
1: Yeah. Well, now it's it's a lot harder because you have everybody having a platform basically to talk about it. In two thousand seven, yeah, there was st- social media, but not to the, this extent.
0: In, in two thousand seven, I think you could make a, the debate on like how how much did they win from from that strike, and and yeah. here I think it's. Like even if you're like super skeptical against uh, organized la- labor, it's like no, there's there's no way you could you you would think that they would have gotten anywhere near this good of a deal without without striking. So yeah, it, it, and I think that having like the two the two unions striking at the same time is what really yeah. a, really made a big difference. So uh, so I, I still think we'll get cameras rolling in November. It'll just uh just be a few more weeks before that's all resolved. But what won't be a few weeks away? Much- what's What's right around the corner from uh, tomorrow, day of recording, is uh, the New York Comic Con Star Trek Universe panel. Yes. So, if you're watching this live on Friday, uh, tomorrow we'll be talking about that tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Central. We'll be live.
1: I think we can also talk about the IDW news from today as well, because there was mm-hmm. some some Star Trek IDW stuff announced.
0: Yeah, um, a, a new comic series, a uh, a mini series called Sons of Star Trek, starring. Jake Sisko, Nog, Alexander, and uh, Q2, Q Jr., son of Q, yeah. whatever his official name is. One of the, I'm sure it's one of those three. Um,
1: <laughs> Junior, they kept calling him. I remember that one time in, in the, on Voyager, so maybe that'll be his moniker.
0: And people should keep eyes peeled for variant covers. I know some some uh, cover artists that work at IDW, so eyes <laughs> peeled for those. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> But uh, tomorrow we're also doing a uh, celebration with our uh, Patreons on, in the Text Trek Discord server. If anyone is a uh, Text Trek Patreon supporter, uh, first of all, thank you. We'll give you a shout out in the uh, the end credits at the end of the show. But second of all, uh, if if you're watching us live on Friday, then uh, tomorrow on Saturday the 14th—that's right, it's Friday the 13th now—tomorrow uh, yeah. Saturday the 14th, less exciting date. Uh, we'll do the um, Patreon watch party with. Impulse, the uh, zombie Vulcan episode from Star Trek: Enterprise. So kind of a kind of a fun October Halloween, scary episode with zombies.
1: Not scarier than the theme song, though.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part I'm dreading. Yeah. <laughs> But I I do like that episode. Other than that, a really really fun direction from David Livingston. You got to do like cool horror. Yeah. movies. I think, that, I think that's who directed it. You got to do like some fun lighting stuff. And yeah, they, I, I believe it's Terry Metalis's first uh, credit in Star Trek. Speaking ah. of, speaking of legacy and Picard, so
1: there was a Voyager episode where they did an homage to Psycho, which was kind of interesting because they got to do that. Like you said, they changed the lighting and do do some interesting camera angles and all that.
0: Uh, what episode?
1: It was the one with the find the hologram who oh, murdered yeah. all of his crew, and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me now.
0: I can't remember it, but it's that like episode—it's it's early season four,
1: <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll, I'll, I love that
0: <laughs> that video game came out, but I haven't talked to anyone who's played it, and I haven't played it, and uh, I don't know. I I kind of seems like everyone kind of like no one really cared, or if if the the game the the strategy game on PC, uh, Star Trek oh, Infinity. Yeah. I can't even remember what it's called. Uh but yeah uh, starts, Star Trek Infinite.
1: Revulsion was that other episode. I just remembered. Sorry.
0: Revulsion was uh Psycho game. <laughs> hologram. The video yeah. game is
1: Infinite. Star
0: Trek Infinite. If anyone plays it, uh let me know. Um I'm I'm curious. Uh yeah. if I should play it, tell me. I'm not I'm not typically a uh, strategy gamer. I'm not typically a PC gamer, but I'll I'll do it for Star Trek if someone tells me to.
1: With our uh, show that's on pause, we should bring it back just for that. It's Infinite Trek. We can play Star Trek, Infinite Star Trek on Infinite Trek. on Infinite Trek. Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah, just bring it back as a Twitch channel and do do a a, a a live stream of gameplay. Yeah.
1: Well, the idea behind it was that it's like it could be anything. Yeah. You know, the, the, you could talk about anything Star Trek related on that show. Unfortunately, when something can be about anything, it's sometimes often about nothing. <laughs> so, so it yeah. it got paused.
0: <laughs> well the cool thing about the pause button is that it works both ways so anything that can be paused can always be unpaused very true uh but if that's it for uh housekeeping uh erin so... let's talk about some uh some evil ai cartoon <laughs> characters that that have appeared in this latest episode of star trek
1: speaking of the strike no. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah so that whole like uh ai thing yeah but i, I feel like they, they kind of uh you know, they 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 realize like, oh, we have like these three evil AIs. Let's uh let us do something with this on our show. So I think that that was a a mission statement for season four, and this is what they they came up with. I'm gonna quickly recap the episode by reading the official synopsis, and I'll kind of expand on that with spoilers. The official synopsis reads: Three computerized villains return to cause problems for the Cerritos crew. So yeah, basically, uh, a takes over some Drukmani salvagers and tries to blow up the Cerritos. Same time, uh, Peanut Hamper uh, makes parole and uh, is freed from prison, but has a scheme with Agamas, but they end up actually like turning good and turns out rehabilitation works and then badgie evolves into a space god and leaves the universe i guess is what happened that's an accurate description of the events of this episode it just sounds weird to
1: say out loud it sounds weird but when you actually get into it is like it was super predictable at least for me i don't know it's like no not him you know ascending to the heavens at the mm. end but even when it happens like oh okay he's gonna if he does that he's gonna not want to kill everybody like, okay. Well, uh, yep. <laughs> elaborate on
0: that, Aaron, and, and give us the first yep. uh, opening statement and so say your kind of broad impressions on the episode before we get into the breakdown.
1: I liked it because I love the characters. I, Peanut Hamper, maybe not so much. Um, I'm, I'm with Sean Ferrick on that one.
0: But... You, you've you've uh, had a long stand. Well, what about in season one? Was it like, was it hate at first sight? Was no, season, first one, sight? It, 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 no okay. season
1: one, it was just, like, it the was, was annoying, but it was supposed to be annoying. It was a season two, was sort of like, Oh, God, she has her whole her own episode. Like, why? why? <laughs> and it was one of the it was not only was her own episode. It was just like one of the. It was the let's try to do something different. So it was like it was just a little odd at the same time. But I did like parts of it. But yeah, no. So for me, it's like even the characters seem to think that it was predictable. Like when they're leaving to go to the Daystrom Institute and Mariner points out, it's like, you know, this is totally not a trap. You know, it's just like, so even <laughs> even they kind of saw that this was coming. So you could kind of put the pieces together as it went along. Maybe the whole thing wasn't I wouldn't have guessed it if I hadn't watched it. But once it started, you're like, OK, here are all the pieces. And this is probably how it's going to fall, fall together. And it kind of did. But it still was enjoyable. It's always fun to see badgy and having m- multiple badgies, which was actually something that uh, when we were talking about this season uh, before it started, that Brandy had mentioned that she would like to see like a good badgie. Yes. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, it was done well for what it was, and uh, it was just, for me, it was just kind of a middle-of-the-road episode, I guess. I don't know, which is weird, because having those three characters together should have made it, like, a big thing. And it just felt like it was, like, a just an episode in, uh, on the road to whatever is going to happen at the end of the show. I mean, it's, we now know that they are not part of the finale. Unless Badgie, because he is in the, the in all t- time periods at once, he could still be Badgie, yeah. <laughs> because he, but I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. That would have been yeah, interesting. I guess
0: no. at any point in the Star Trek universe and timeline, you can have Badgie show up now and you can have a Vanna Akat from Prodigy uh, come through one of those time portals. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if it's a That'd prequel, sequel or what. So. Yeah.
1: Badgie can show up on uh, Star Trek, the animated series.
0: <laughs> what What's greater, Aaron, your, your fondness of Badgie or your dislike of Peanut Hamper?
1: Oh. Or do they do they I, cancel out? Or are they equal? Yeah, they I think they cancel out. It's like okay. I, I never really I don't hate Peanut Hamper in herself. I don't want all peanut hamper. She needs something to bounce off of that is Starfleet or something. You know, it was actually the first time she was on there it was hilarious. And the second time it didn't feel <laughs> quite as hilarious. Especially because it's like you're expecting, oh, she's going to, you know, of ev- change and evolve. Like that's the Star Trek message. And then she didn't. So I'm kind of glad that she did actually get that arc or the completion of that arc, and that, you know, it wasn't, it, we didn't just end up with something that would have been, like, a very short trek, where it's just like, screw you humans, and t- take off again, you know?
0: Well, uh, for me, like, the, this episode, it was, uh, it it did have that, that Star Trek, you know, that moral of, of yeah, like, it, you know, in the long run, in the big picture, in the grand scheme of things, it's... It's what uh, what Dave said a long time ago in, in the early text trek days when we were first getting started of uh the the story of you know at the end of the day, science and compassion wins when you when you you value those things. When you value like knowledge and truth and and information and learning, but also uh, compassion and, and and finding the the ethical thing, the moral thing, the right thing to do there. And uh that that's that's the secret recipe to to victory, to success, to prosperity. Um, but it doesn't always win. So I do like in, in season three when we saw, uh, Peanut Hamper as the villain. Um, but I, I, I was okay with that because I, I'm, I want, I want Star Trek to be a place where like, like the, yeah, like the, the good guys win, but not, not all the time. Like you still have like those, those defeats. We haven't quite perfected everything. Um, however, with this being the follow up to that, well, it, it does kind of add to, well, in the big picture though, eventually, even with something like Badgie, you know, goodness does win out. So, uh, I, I, I didn't see the the redemption at the end coming. I didn't. I didn't. I thought that I thought Peanut Hamper was still going to be a jerk at the end. So they, I they they, they uh, caught me off guard here, and they caught me off guard in when she was still evil previously. So both worked on me. Uh, I did see some predictability though with the badgy stuff. I my my only problems with this episode kind of come. Towards, I guess, like the end of the of the badgie plot when like, I, I, do we did we really need Logicy? I, I kind of get like badgie and goodgie. Okay, those are yeah, opposites. Those the... make sense. And then like Logicy, is kind of like, it's like a hat on a hat type of thing. But outside of, like, the logic stuff, and then, like, Badgie turning into, like, Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen, and, he, like, he's literally blue, and he's like, I'm gonna go to my own universe and create some some new life forms there, and it's like, okay, that's literally, like, the, the ending of, of Watchmen, <laughs> but uh, outside of that, like, uh, but uh, outside of that, I've, I had a pretty good time, um, I do need to lend back in a, in a big way next week, uh, this is, uh, Mike McMahon, you made me go two weeks with no
1: to lend. so I, I, I can't do three weeks but if you look at Logicy, like Logicy has the same expressions as Talin. it's really funny. It's like if you just <laughs> cropped out the, it's like that the the eyes and just the, the. If you watch it, it's really funny. I was like, oh wait, it's like a, a Telyn as a badge.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they use her uh, her emote animations on Badgy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I didn't notice that, but I'll I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that from, from now on. And we got some information on like the the overarching mysterious threat. So.
1: Yes, which kind of does play out what we had all sort of guessed in some form or fashion that they weren't getting destroyed; they were actually getting something. They're getting yeah. stolen. and I, I, I was the dumb
0: dumb whatever. that that never that never seemed right to me. Like that never. It still doesn't. It still seems like that. That I, I don't know. I always felt if like the, if like they the were Klingon blown ship,
1: the very first one that we saw from the lower decks, of uh, 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 how do you pronounce it? Uh, we uh, that's not right. duge. It was like. Pretty clear that it's like I just didn't feel like they would have killed that character off for like no reason. They would have just made it a different Klingon ship or something like that. So I'm like, okay, probably See, not like dead. Would have, so how
0: I would have rather killed him off, and then because that like that like got me and I was like, oh my god, I I loved that guy. I hate that he's dead. I'm invested in this story with this mysterious ship. I I, I care about this stuff. Now, I said but. the
1: same thing to Mike about Shax. Like I'm like, hey, dude, like you should have left him dead. You've lost all the emotional impact that you garnered <laughs> when you killed him off but that's star trek or, or at least lower decks so star yeah. trek you you come back
0: i can i can give a pass on the shacks one because that i did think that joke was funny so i don't know if this does yeah. build up to a punchline that makes me laugh i can forgive a whole hell of a lot but uh, but right now i i feel like i would have been more excited if this was something that was actually like killing them but i know that is like a bit dark for lower decks so they <laughs> they they tend to not go that that Death tends to be kind of rare in Lower Decks, but
1: it does happen one, uh, sometimes. And the interesting thing is like, although this episode felt predictable when it happened, I now have no idea what's going to happen with the the larger arc. Because it's like those possible pieces of Badgie and and uh, Peanut Hamper and Agamas do not have anything to do with it now. Yeah. So that will be like, oh, okay. How the how? What is what is going on? <laughs>
0: I did. I I was saying from the very beginning. I didn't. I didn't think it was them because they said there was yeah. a life form on the ship. So right. I, yeah, that's true. I, I I still think it's either uh, it's or the either the whale probe and, people. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's going to be the whale. Probe, no, I know. I just
1: it was just funny though.
0: But I. I think it might be Section 31, Boimler, or it might be Salamander Catfish from Threshold. Just because Mike McMahon said that you are going to see the baby again. I don't know if he's talking about the animatronic babies in Tubics. Uh that might that's probably what he was talking about, but who knows? Maybe it's the, the threshold baby is flying the ship. Just just putting it out there as a possibility in case it turns out to be true. I don't think it will be, but who knows?
1: So if it if it was uh
0: Section thirty one Boimler, what, what are the what
1: is why? What <laughs> what is study, the study studying doing
0: studying threats to the Federation? They're mainly going after non the Binar were the first Federation target that they hit. Yeah. So it's it's been other people that they've mainly been going after.
1: But I mean we know about Klingons and Orion. That's like true. it's not like the Romulans maybe, but like it does feel very like you know, classic bad guys, which they should have a lot of Intel on, but, but we'll I'm see. curious. Like I w- it would be cool to have seen like a Druckmanni ship, like instead of this, but like being destroyed or something that, that they came up with in, you know, of course we also, it could, it could be, we could have the pack come back and it could be, they could be gluing together a giant pack ship with all of these parts and things, which would be annoying, but it, possible. it could, it could easily be a pack on that ship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or the breed the- somehow, <laughs>
0: Packlets would be more interesting to me since they were kind of like yeah. the show's like OG big bad.
1: Right. It yeah. did. It did. Oh yeah. The, uh, Jill said, it, did they? Didn't they grab some Vulcans too? It's like yes, they did. I think.
0: Not that did we've they? seen. No. No. It, it was uh, Klingons, Romulans, Orions, Ferengi, and now Binar.
1: The Vulcans that we saw were in this episode where they were getting overtaken by the Badgy glow of the of him taking over everything. That's yeah. where we saw some Vulcans.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that, let's get into the uh, the episode breakdown. Just starting yeah. off with the the beginning with Badgie's, I guess assimilation of the Drukmani captain. Who I felt so very is sp- the same, Borg-like. <laughs> this is the same Druckmani captain we've been seeing all along. He's got like the scar on his eye, but he wasn't. Yeah. He's typically voiced by J J G Hertzler, who played Martok, and here they they got someone different to do the voice, but he sounds like he's trying to copy that J J G Hertzler voice. Yeah. So I'm like, is it the J G Hertzler Guy dead, or is it a different guy dead? But I think it's the same guy, because he has the same uh, scar on his eye.
1: Yeah, unless that's a thing that they do.
0: When you become a captain, you scar you. I mean, it could. we don't yeah. know jack well, shit about doesn't these necessarily,
1: people, so... But is it a scar, or is it just some sort of, like... Oh, it could be a uh, tattoo, yeah. Tattoo or coloring or something, yeah. I
0: mean, if you think about it, like, that could... That'd be, like, a cultural thing, like, in their tribal days, in the ancient times, like, the leader of the hunting party would, would put war paint on his eye. Yeah. Or I don't know, it makes sense. Well, they did like, that in Voyager that.
1: with the... Uh, the um... Predators, whatever the hell their name are. Uh, Why, I can't Season anything. four,
0: uh, uh, I, I got that one. That's Nemesis. No, Nem- so. yeah,
1: but I'm trying to remember the the uh, aliens' name.
0: That I can't help you with. <laughs> but um there's a yeah. There, I, I like that episode. That was a good one. Raises some questions about the universal translator, but um, still still fun to
1: watch. Oh, Rogan. Jill. Was, that's yep. That's it.
0: Oh, that's okay. I'm talking. Yes. So you're talking about a different. Okay, I was talking about yeah. like the guys who looked like physically looked like Predator. Um, with like the mouth, but they were the, the Chakotay was hanging out with uh, in that episode Nemesis.
1: I would have to go back and look.
0: But they they were kind of similar to the Hirogen, who also man season four of Voyager is coming up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but because Badgie took over the Drakmani ship, he was able to witness the the Binar destruction. So I guess this is the first time we've seen kind of the the overarching threat tie into the into the main story of an episode this prominently. Normalist is like, oh, it's an Orion episode, and there's some Orions got blowed up. Or, oh, it's a Ferengi episode, some Ferengi got blowed up. Here, like, the the Binar destruction thing, it actually, like, becomes part of the the trap that Badgie sets for the Cerritos.
1: Yeah, they mention it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I did like when he got the... Uh assimilated with the thing where Badgie's like, you know, would you like to know some Starfleet secrets? It's like, I certainly haven't killed anybody. <laughs> Just like, yeah, really if, on the nose sort of if, answers if this, to all of his questions.
0: If you're this Drukmani sa- salvage guy, you got to think like, oh, whenever I come across Federation technology, it's always like super, you know, user friendly and incredibly advanced. And uh, so, you know, of course, well, they were the ones like-
1: they were taking old uh, Federation technology. The, la- the first time we saw them, they're getting the the cargo ship from, Star Trek uh, from uh, animated series. From the
0: animated series, yeah, they're going yeah. after the robot ships. Yeah, what, what do you think of seeing the the grappler in action? We have some some Star Trek Enterprise grappler love.
1: That there there needs to be some some OSHA control in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a, that doesn't make sense. I it, they would they would not have somebody... It would just hold the apple. Like yeah, uh, no. But it's funny. I think it's interesting
0: that this uh, kind of it, it shows that they. Are aware of like the thing that they were doing on Strange New Worlds with like the grappler thing. Like they were, I'm sure when they were like writing this, like there was like some awareness of like, oh, but they're gonna mention grapplers and like the crossover on the other show. So I kinda, I kinda like that synchronicity there. It's subtle, but like if you, if, it's something like 20 years from now, like no one will care about if you if you're watching Star Trek 20 years from now, like you, yeah. no one's going to be like, oh, both these episodes came out in 2023. How crazy. Right. But That's for true. us here in like the heat of the moment, you know, as it's yeah. all new and fresh, it's kind of cool to to witness it. So
1: it's kind of like when we had uh, trouble with Tribble or I know, Trials and Tribulations and then the, the Voyager episode with with Sulu. And flashback. It was like, yeah. oh, that was all happening around that time for for flashback. Yeah. For the, the anniversary
0: yeah. And then we had a, a, a movie come out a couple months later in November That's with true. First Contact. Yeah. You yep. like the 30th anniversary felt huge. If, yeah. In fact, I would say- the More 30th, than the 50th. <laughs> the, the 30th felt like the biggest uh, ever of, of my lifetime. I mean, yeah. I wasn't around for the- Star Trek was already 20 years old when I was born. But since then, I know the 30th was the biggest.
1: Yeah. And the 50th just it was- something happened. I think they it needed help.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing we had was one movie. So it's, uh, it was. Yeah, but
1: it wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't even the prime timeline. And they just, they, they didn't really do anything online. It was, there was not Star Trek Day, I yeah. guess, at that point, you know. So, right.
0: If the 50th happened now, it would be yes, crazy.
1: be huge. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, there's always the 60th. So just throwing that out there. Three years away.
1: I wonder why they're putting a grappler on the shuttle, or if they're just playing around with technology, or...
0: I think they're just playing around. I, it could show up again at some point in the future. It could be a Chekhov's grappler, but I, I think it was just a, just a gag. <laughs> and Chekhov's grappler. Yeah. I like that. Pavel Chekhov's grappler. Yeah. Or, we'll say Federation President Anton Chekhov's grappler. <laughs> this, is, this is where we split the party, though. We get that briefing scene in the Cerritos briefing room, and uh, Ransom says, uh, Boimler, uh, Agamas wants to talk to you. Freeman says, "Tindy, uh, go check on uh, Peanut Hamper's uh, parole hearing, and then we're going to go investigate the destruction of this Binar ship." So when...
1: because, like in all Star Trek, they are the closest ship to, yes. <laughs> to what's happening.
0: I mean, that is how it works. So, but yeah. I, I, I like how they use that as a gag here. Like, oh, yeah. they're finally giving us some important work. Like, no, nah, we just happen to be the closest. Like, this is Star <laughs> Trek. That's that's how work yeah. is assigned.
1: <laughs> and Mariner's like, "Yeah, I'll take it."
0: <laughs> but uh, let's talk about like the the badgy stuff up until like his big like a uh, warp nine point nine flight. And then okay. we can we can do like the Daystrom stuff uh, later. But as far as like uh, like Badge's trap when the Cer- what do you think when the Cerritos arrives at that nebula and uh, and is being uh, attacked by the Drukmani ship under Badge's c- command?
1: I like that the Drukmani tried to warn them, at least or something. <laughs> the demon kinda- triangle. Yeah, that was great. And then, oops, he's dead. Um, we assume that he died. But yeah, yeah I, I, think- I, I, I like that and the the close ups and stuff, the creepiness that they did on the They did a great job mm. with making Badgie seem like terrifying
0: you know what it, it reminded me of Aaron it, ga- it gave me like nostalgia for like early 90s Nickelodeon like like uh-huh. Ren and Stimpy or something Stimpy. Like, like yep when it, it would do like the close-ups and it would, and they, they would show uh-huh. you like the grossest like detailed stuff I would, would be this little kid watching like this nice cartoon and then it would like do like this weird close-up and just like freak me out I'd be like oh my god that's gonna give me nightmares
1: but it was that that happened with Badgie I would be surprised if somebody hadn't mentioned internally when they were doing this Ren and Stimpy or something like that because it feels very much like that yeah yeah, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, all these animators, you know, they they grew up watching the same stuff as yeah. the rest of us. So, yeah, I'm sure that that was that was He has in, gums
1: yeah. even. I just noticed that. <laughs>
0: yeah, like like mouths and teeth and tongues and eyes and like the veins and eyes like when you put like those uh organic details on a weird object like a starfleet delta and then try to realize it in a more realistic visual depiction you get yeah. some very disturbing images
1: if we were having this conversation like 10 years ago it'd be like wait there's a talking starfleet badge what like yeah if we could like send these podcasts I don't want to see the future that sounds awful <laughs> if we if we could send these podcasts back in
0: time and let ourselves 10 years ago listen it would yeah. be like yeah, ten years ago, Star Trek Into Darkness was coming out, and we would just be like, yeah. it's gonna get so much weirder." Like I thought, I thought, ben- <laughs> imagine this. I thought Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch playing Khan was weird. Yeah, you thought white Khan was weird. Wait till you see a, a Starfleet Delta murder people, <laughs> or the
1: orgy scene, <laughs> or the orgy scene. Yeah, it wasn't a scene. It was just a bit. <laughs> I I really actually enjoyed that last <laughs> very short trek.
0: Uh, yeah, that that one was good. I liked it too. I, I liked when uh, when Rutherford like disobeys orders to go, you know, kind of take yes. action. And I thought that was a very, that's a very Star Trek thing to do.
1: And it's also kind of a callback to the very first scene where it's like, you know, a little on the nose, but it's just like, you know, he, he never gives up. Uh, like he just keeps, keeps trying until he solves the problem.
0: And, you know, we've, we've talked how they've, they've paired the characters this season, how they've, uh, we, we've gotten less Boimler and Mariner together. And I I do kind of I, I would kind of like to see them have a big story together, a big mission together. Maybe we'll get that in the in the last uh, three episodes. But uh, I did kind of like Mariner and Rutherford because they don't I, I just like, like they get along really well. But it's like they're just they just work yeah. together
1: well. I would like to see them in uh, like more paired off like that every once in a while.
0: Yeah, oh, like they almost cool. like they work together too well. Like they don't like, um, they don't like, there's not like enough like sparks or friction yeah. there for like more mm. interesting dialogue. But it's just it, it, like, like here it was where like Brotherford like needed like just like a supportive friend. <laughs> and I also enjoyed she tries to kick Badgy because she said two weeks ago, like, uh, you, how she prefers problems that you can, you know, solve by uh, a roundhouse kick or something like that. Remember when she's telling Tolin? Oh, about, yeah, like, that's uh, right kicking can't, your problems uh, so yeah
1: exactly this is a, a problem that I, I like i just can't kick or we can't yeah i like the digital like glitchy effect when she goes through it yeah
0: it, like typically like a uh, star trek holograms are solid for some reason like you you can't pass through them except for like when like the doctor on they Gladiar, to he could do that it. like he yeah. yeah he could like weaken his integrity field or whatever to like make things pass through
1: they have uh, hollow emitters all over the ship, which is they because they were like, hey, how did you get out of the holodeck?
0: Yes. So, you know, it would be an, an, it would have been an easy thing for us to headcanon explain away anyways. But, you know, why yeah. not just toss one line of dialogue in there? There you go. It takes like three, four seconds. It makes sense that the characters would ask.
1: Well, and there's some cool things about I don't know if you're going to do it in the Gorn eggs or not. The uh, the hollow emitters.
0: Um, no, what's going on with them?
1: Oh, if you look at them, they are vaguely the doctor's badge shape. Oh, OK. Or not a badge, but the doctor's uh, mobile emitter shape
0: yeah it's kind of Just a larger kind of a triangle kind of a, a a triangle with a flat top,
1: yeah so I thought it was kind of interesting, it's almost like they they started reverse engineering that to eventually create it in the future. I don't know that how well that, that one still with, bothers me
0: <laughs> it lines up with Picard though if they're if they're reverse engineering, so. yeah, that's true. Goody and logicy. when we start getting the the multiple badgies, which I guess this episode is named after, but yeah the it starts when Rutherford hugs Badgie, and I guess, like, part of Badgie liked his father showing love and affection, and, and so that that started this internal conflict in Badgie, and we get Badgie and Goody. Which doesn't feel at all like
1: Data and lore. <laughs> <laughs> or even fun, good good Rutherford and bad Rutherford. <laughs>
0: it, but it, this is the first time in Star Trek with one of those, like, the the, the good alter ego, the bad alter ego, or I guess, mm-hmm. like, the... The good opposite and the bad opposite. That we we were introduced to the bad opposite first. That's so this true. Would be, this would be yeah. like discovering that Gold Ducat has a, a good twin instead of an evil twin. He has a good <laughs> twin,
1: you know. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> and you would definitely wonder if he was really not good, and which is kind of what happens here too. It's like eh, I just don't trust the. I'm more naive
0: and trusting than the rest of you because I don't. I'm not freaked out by Googy. I know like he made oh, like a no, 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 freaky not- face, but. Not at me personally.
1: But I meant the characters inside. At the oh, end. We'll yeah. Get to that. But,
0: but yeah. I did see um, it was, uh, during the uh, the first reaction stream last night. If, if people don't know, on on Text Trek we do a, a first reaction stream live on Thursdays on on the YouTube channel, and uh, I, I think Rachel and and someone else was saying that uh, they they wouldn't trust Gucci. So it's like, I mean, he makes a scary face when he's like buffering, but other than that, he <laughs> seems nice to me. I, I trust him.
1: He's made I'm out still of, like, waiting for the offering badge from, from sets. I want that one where it's just, like, loading.
0: They, they do a good job of, of like, just making Gucci just, like, kind of, like, stupidly good, where uh-huh. he is just like, oh, no! <laughs> Did where... you
1: notice his oh-no mouth is also a Delta badge?
0: I didn't, but that's funny. Offering, a you know, root beer floats and stuff, and just, I yeah. don't know. He's...
1: Or when they could jump to warp, it's like, look at the
0: pretty lights! <laughs> I like that he's silver, because, like, they're yeah. Com badges are so so oh he looks like a lower decks Com badge like people mm-hmm. listening can't see but like i I wear one on my shirt sometimes when we're talking about the show i guess because like first place is gold and second place is silver and third is bronze so that's why is that why badgie is gold because he's first oh. and then goodgie is silver and then Logicy is, is a bronze color
1: maybe that's interesting
0: <laughs> it's interesting i guess it's, it's like kind of stupid but it kind of makes sense at the same time like i don't know if i like it or hate it
1: <laughs> i still would have done something where it's like uh he's the gold front logicy or badgie or gucci is the the back and then the internal like having like electronics on him or something that would have been logicy. i would have made it like a combat literally split oh, in three
0: it'd be the logic board um right just, that's just I, me. <laughs> I don't when i i saw badgie i was like okay i get it there's I'm sorry, when I saw Goodye, I was like, okay, yeah. I get it. There's badgie, there's goody. Oh, good That's actually hilarious. Yeah. That okay yeah. put good in there instead of like bad is in there because it was it's like badgy, like a badge. Okay, ha, ha ha, that's all funny. But then logicy, I'm like, oh logicy? So then are we gonna get like every like characteristic? Emotion. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. But it's just it was just odd to like do goody, badgie and Logicy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even that, I think, would have kind of made a bit more sense than this. It's just like, what was the <laughs> point? The only thing I can think of, and, like, why did you, like, remove logic, too, is just so at the end, they could be like, okay, not only has he purged all of his goodness, he's also purged all of his logic. So he's just totally evil and totally insane and still is able to, like, turn good in the end, I guess. Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, otherwise, logic is just – it kind of just gives Badgie something to – it was like, oh, we'll just invent logicy and logicy will will fight Badgie for a little bit while we cut back to Agamus and Peanut Hamper and then cut back. It's like, is that all it was for? It was just like kill some time? Because if that's true, I'm, I'm a little
1: disappointed. It is weird that there are so many threads running through this episode and it does feel like they are kind of killing time at times. Like you have only 26 minutes or whatever. Yeah. It's slightly longer than a regular episode, I noticed, but not by much.
0: But yeah, basically, Badgie's plan at that point, when he when he's purged his goodness, when he's purged his logic, he he decides, you know, neurozine gas on the Cerritos wasn't enough. He now wants to kill the entire Federation.
1: Doesn't neurozine knock you out, not kill you? Because that's what they did to. Speaking of another <laughs> Voyager episode, uh, when they knocked out uh, the Romulans on the um the whatever that the ship was, the one that splits in three, uh, splitting the, in three, <laughs> the, uh, the
0: Prometheus, and yet the Prometheus, another. Yes. Another Voyager season 4 episode message in a bottle. Aaron <laughs> What did, is going did just, on? Did you just watch Voyager season 4? Like, <laughs> no, I did not?
1: Uh, that is weird. Um no, but they had Nerazine gas. That's what knocked out the Romulans. It didn't yeah. kill them.
0: I'm I'm glad you bring that up though. That is actually something that I was trying to figure out last night and I I'll, I'll I'll talk about it in the uh in the gornegg section. Oh, okay. But, um th- th- there's a, there's an interesting way to interpret that actually. We we might have multiple interpretations. All right. I don't know you have anything else on like uh the the logic key gooducci like all that stuff
1: it was fun it was predictable but it was it was gu- good I mean like logic was probably not necessary but it it didn't hurt when it added it too much I don't think and we got a talin looking badge so that was kind of fun
0: <laughs> and he, he definitely like the the voice acting and the the animation everything you you do always feel the the menace and the danger when and the tension mm-hmm. when when badgie's around
1: well and when they're split they you also they all feel like three separate characters even yeah. though you a very short period of time but it's like they at least don't feel like they're just slightly altered
0: yeah yeah really really good uh voice acting performance yep. um so i guess the the b story the daystrom stuff uh tindy and boimler go check on peanut hamper and agamas and we see the uh, the evil robots having a group therapy and playing basketball and gardening and Peanut Hamper and Agamus they have they developed a friendship. I think it's fair to say, possibly more than a friendship, but def- definitely like a deep emotional bond and connection. They seem to like yeah. genuinely have have feelings for each other. But you know, if, if you rewatch the episode, the scene plays different because here they're kind of—they're not—they're kind of phoning in the evil because they think that's what the other one wants to hear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree that it does feel like that. In fact, she Peanut Hamper actually does seem to be enjoying herself gardening, even though. You're you're yeah. supposed to believe that she's not, but it's like okay, yeah, she actually does seem to be having a good time.
0: And even Agamemnon, when he like replicates the the drones to water her tomatoes, oh, yeah. he's like he's like giving like the evil laugh, like he's like he's enjoying watering tomatoes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what is it? Eat hydration plants or whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they make such a point in saying like totes radic like. Yeah. We get it, modern Star Trek. You love putting contemporary dialogue into the twenty fourth century, but it it's really weird for a lot of us, like, do you have to rub our faces in it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's gonna sound very like that that's the one thing about older Star Trek that holds up over time more because they didn't do that. I'm gonna be curious to see what this is like twenty years from now.
0: But even even older Star Trek would do it occasionally. Like occasionally. I, I think um in uh Miri when Kirk is talking about like dipping like little girls' curls into into yeah, bottles of that's ink. True. And yeah. I'm thinking like man would a kid in the 1960s even know what the hell that meant like a kid <laughs> yeah. in the 1960s would be like I have like a normal like like ink pen at school you know I, I yeah. write with like a like a in the 2360s 20s, yeah.
1: nobody's going to know what that is
0: it's like it's <laughs> like this is the 1960s we're like going to the moon yeah. and stuff it's not like right. it's not like inkwell
1: stuff like Yeah or they were trying to invent their own slang like you know herbert and you know she was nova and stuff like yeah, that, I, that a, man that doesn't work out either <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring nova back like Yeah been talking to this
0: gal lately, Aaron. She's she's a real Nova, that one. <laughs> We're gonna make that a thing in the in the future. Uh I, I think it's funny that they're watching Lassie. You know, speaking of like old things that are still existing in the future, like they're still watching Lassie. Yeah. I feel like Lassie was like on TV all the time when I was a little kid, and I never watched it on purpose, but I watched Lassie a lot. These movies, I believe,
1: didn't they? Wasn't there like a mid nineties or early nineties Lassie movie or something yeah, like that? There there was I feel. They,
0: they kept trying to like reboot it. And there I, I don't know, yeah. it's like I watched like, like old la like black and white lassie and then there's like the new lassie that was in color and then this is lassie all over the place. But uh I see the live audience uh people people seem to be fans.
1: When you get to the Gorn eggs, I'll bring up something and say why I think it isn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I, I I know what you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah. What do you think of like when we get the conversation between Boimler and Agamas where it's I don't know, it's like <laughs> the interrogation scene thing. I love the blue
1: and red light thing because that is just such a <laughs> sci-fi trope. Blue is good, red is bad. Um it, that was that was great. Um it just it, it's funny cuz it did feel like they they both understood each other. It just felt very much like this is this is kind of where I was just like, "Oh, even the characters know what's going on." It's like Boilers yeah. just like, "Uh-huh. Okay. Sure." You know, that was yeah, we- it played off as funny, but yeah.
0: We both we both have seen a thousand procedurals that have these interrogation room scenes like okay you, yeah. you know this plot beat come on let's move on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, which I'm glad they didn't they didn't drag it out, which is good. But yeah.
0: And I I like see I'm glad that uh Tindy was along for the ride on this one because it just yeah. it like you you got to to see her like play with the sand for example yeah. or got to got to
1: <laughs> She had her like little squee moment. It was fun.
0: The whole, like, uh like, Agamous, like being, like, this world-conquering thing. But, like, he turns out to be just kind of a... He's actually, like, not that big of a deal when with Starfleet around. Um, Like, I assume, like, there was no, like, death or murder on Plimeria. Probably
1: um, not. And it was only, like, if it was an hour or something like that, or however yeah. short period of time it was. Like, I, I think what Boimler said is, like, this isn't something that Starfleet could reverse in an hour. Probably means it is something Starfleet could reverse in an hour. I think he was being right. facetious. It was just came off a little weird. I honestly thought that uh, be- uh, Tendi taking some sand back into the sh- uh, shuttle was going to at some point play a role like, oh, she has the sand, but no, it didn't.
0: <laughs> That's a recurring thing, her her relationship with sand. Yeah. Agamiss in season two, he seemed like such a... Uh... Just, like, oh, having this guy around, even though he's just, like, this little box, but he can talk to you. And this guy is, like, so evil and so manipulative and so conniving that just, like, this guy just talking can do great harm. And he's, like, an incredible threat to Mariner and yeah. Boimler. And we got to really, you know, be on the lookout for what's going to happen. And I, I really love, like, that tension and that paranoia and stuff. That was in um Where Pleasant Fountains Lie, I, I believe, in Season mm-hmm. 2. But then here, you know, Season 4 Agamas, he's kind of, like, he's kind of, a, he's like, a, a pushover.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that was that there is a big difference between the, his dialogue and both of those. It almost feels like they also don't really they, they're not as worried as they were before.
0: Yeah. So I think you know, it's kind of like, like,
1: like they know his tricks.
0: It undercuts his menace. Pre- I guess that's a good way to, to relinse it. It's like, well, now that, you know, Starfleet is, you know, aware of this dude. Right. He, he, he was once a big deal. Now, now that they know his number, he's nothing. OK, yeah. I, well, I, the I good thing go is that that. it
1: undercuts his menace, but that also makes the ending more believable. Yes. Like he didn't go from like, oh, you think he's gonna be evil and then he's not. Like that that kind of a jump would be weird. This actually felt like an a journey that you could see him taking.
0: You know, I thought I thought it was inter- interesting that he just wanted to go hang out with Peanut Hamper. He actually like didn't care about the conquest or anything. Yeah. And at this point in the episode, I was still thinking that Peanut Hamper is gonna do something evil. So what I was actually hoping for at this point was that like I was hoping that she wouldn't betray Agnes. I was hoping that they would be kind of uh, like the robotic Bonnie and Clyde by the end of the episode. I thought that would be interesting to see that yeah. in Star Trek is like what if we had like these two like nasty bad guys but they were actually like in like a romantic relationship. Kind of like a Spike and Drusilla in season 2 of Buffy. Oh yeah. Back in the day. Um That'll but I guess work. we're getting that in Disco season 5 with the uh the, the new characters they've been teasing so ah. we'll find out next year, I guess, if, if that works or not. Yeah, instead we find out, like, oh, Peanut Hamper actually did want to be a good little exocomp. So is Peanut Hamper redeemed in your eyes, Aaron? Or are you still uh, annoyed I with mean, her? I
1: mean, she's fine. I mean, just <laughs> with the, uh... I would, if... I'd be curious to see if the, if she comes back, what it would be like. Like, if she if she is, honestly, like, you know, back to being... Or, not back to being, but actually being... Uh, you know, more uh, responsible and, you know, an actual regular Starfleet officer. It would be really interesting to put her in a position where maybe she's dealing with somebody who is very much like herself or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know how you'd bring her back now.
0: I would be interested in seeing her again, but only if I'm seeing Agamas also. I'd be more interested uh, yeah. in... in- and what their future like I want to see Agamus like get out of prison or rehabilitation or whatever he's whatever you want to call the Daystorm Institute. I but I, I do want to see him like complete that journey and be reunited with Peanut Hamper.
1: I could see something where they they come together and like the Cerritos is there because they've created a new life form or something like that together. Something that they've done like a project.
0: They have, they have babies, they make a they make a offspring.
1: Yeah. I could see that happening, except they'd have to be more than just friends at that point, then or something. But I'm, I'm just thinking, like, just something where they work together, and it's it's something that's supposed to be positive for the Federation, but kind of just spins out of control. I guess I would actually go as far to say I'm I'm a Agamous
0: Peanut Hamper shipper. I want to see them. I want to see them in a. I want to see. I, I, this is so ridiculous to say this shit out loud, <laughs> but I want to see. I want romantic- to see this
1: 19, uh, eight, or like 20 early early 2000s PC computer and this <laughs> um floating craftsman tool basically so you remember that episode
0: quality of, quality of life next generation yep. introduced the exocomps it's crazy to say this out loud I want to see one of those exocomps from that episode there's one There's one of those that's named peanut hamper and I want to see it get involved in a romantic relationship <laughs> with an evil computer named Agamas who's voiced by Jeffrey Combs
1: see no, all this sounds ridiculous unless you actually have experienced it <laughs> It's still ridiculous, honestly, but, it's t- but it, it actually works. It's it very strange work. that this is more Star trek than a lot of other Star Trek, but it sounds like it wouldn't be.
0: Yes, but in execution, it feels like yeah. Star Trek 110%. And I yeah. think they're even uh, paralleling. I might be just seeing what I want to see with like because I'm also a, a Tindy and Rutherford shipper. Hashtag Team Tinder Ford or whatever. <laughs> uh, but I do want—I do want to see them get in a relationship, and I think that the, what they're doing here with agamus being like kind of denying it and being like, "Oh no, sir, we're just friends." And yeah. what, I think they're trying to match that up with like the Tindy Rutherford thing. But in the end, like they will like uh, like be in love and be together romantically. Because even like in this episode, I, I feel like after their time with the Ferengi honeymoon, I feel like they're a little different. Like Rutherford's, he's like mm. really protective of Tindy when like the grappler like slams her against the wall he he, like freaks yeah. out he's like oh no i could have hurt you and uh it's I, I i think they're i think they're still gonna do something with that but
1: yeah i can see that i like this set too which is kind of cool
0: yeah we get to go back to uh Tyrus 7a yeah
1: is this is this the same is it the particle fountain uh station are we in that essentially yeah, so that it's okay. the same room
0: um, I guess that's all I have on on the Daystrom stuff. I guess. Uh, what do you yeah. think, of Peanut Hamper's dad, Kevin? Just uh.
1: <laughs> I just like that we have we have Bert, like uh, is Tendy's uh, <laughs> oh, dad. Yeah. You know, just like we have these plain human sounding names as alien names. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Right, Kevin talks in like, uh. 1980s Star Trek Next Generation uh, sound effects. L- cars sound effects, like, that's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, someone went to
0: the the soundboard on Trekcore.com <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> when they were making this episode and be like, "Here we
1: go." <laughs> yeah, I would I would have changed that personally, but but I do I do like it. It's fun. I'm curious to see what their their family dynamic would be. Jill says Kevin's name is mathematically
0: perfect, so just like Peanut Hamper, I guess. I have one last thing I guess to add on the Agonis and Peanut Hamper. Plot line, but a lot of people talk about the Daystrom Institute like, um, oh, it's kind of weird that, you know, Daystrom like went crazy and designed this evil computer and they still named the Daystrom Institute after him. But I choose to believe that sometime after the ultimate computer in the original series episode that uh, Daystrom did go to Richard Daystrom, right? Wasn't his first name Richard, I yeah. think? but I, I believe he went to some form of rehabilitation and they they rehabilitated him and he became a functional member of society again after that and went on to continue to have a great career in science and they named the Daystrom Institute after him uh, after he passed away and wouldn't that be like a great continuation of his legacy if now like we saw like rehabilitation with there's like this weird thing I made up in my own personal headcanon but it, it's cool to see that kind of echo into, into Peanut Hamper and, and Agamus's storyline from the Daystrom Institute I don't know I thought that was a cool with uh, this
1: is not alpha cannon this is beta cannon with inside that the RPG where I worked on but we had him is the, he Richard daystrom was the one who uh built the bridge defense system and that was sort of like on his his uh path to redemption mm. basically it was like them testing this out of course it went horribly wrong <laughs> but, <laughs> but it wasn't Richard daystrom's fault it was the evil gaseous alien um, yeah. or magnetic creature or whatever they called him so yeah so that's i felt like that like he had to have because they would not have called the daystrom institute the daystrom institute if if it was something that they, he didn't kind of recover
0: yeah this is a very like star trek thing of like in the yeah. future like yeah people recover from stuff like that so yeah and that's all we got on the Peanut Hamper and Agama stuff. I guess let's talk about like our big ending with Badgie Yest. going. So is he trying to recreate Tom Paris's like warp 10 flight? Remember in, in Threshold when Paris is like, "Oh, we can be like everywhere in the galaxy all at the same time." I'm back right. in, in the Alpha going 9.9. I'm, 9. I'm everything. So yeah, so why does he but, think he'll be like everywhere?
1: I don't know. At... That was my question. Like <laughs> we've had ships go 9.9 9, uh, like well Voyager does even I think at one point. So 9 point... warp 9.9 9 is not warp 10 there's a difference but maybe that's it's close enough that it was enough to have maybe energy goes there not matter i don't know this was a really cool scene though i loved when he comes out of the galaxy it's just like it's it's terrifying it's sort of that Eldridge horror sort of feel to it
0: it really is but yeah they they built him up as like this this big larger than life over the top threat and now now you're gonna see him become like ultimate level god power able to able to just wipe out the whole federation the thought of like badgie having control over every ship every computer like wh- what does he saying? i'm in every pad every com badge everything
1: L-cars. it really is terrifying
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in the l cars no not not our sweet innocent l cars <laughs> created by mike okuda in the in the yeah. 80s that we've we've cherished for decades not
1: anything but the l cars something that was never meant to be functional and then when they had a video game it had to be functional that was fun <laughs> I, I worked on the console version of Star Trek Online, so it's just like,
0: uh,
1: I talked to Mike at that point. I was just like, thanks. Thanks so much for this. He's like, hey, I didn't make it for a game. It's like, it was not my intention. It's just supposed to look cool. <laughs> I, I was just
0: trying to get something that would look good on a standard definition TV yeah. screen. And 1987 was all I was yeah, worried
1: about. <laughs> exactly. It did, it did kind of work. It was just funny. Was
0: maybe, maybe try to, to slip in some uh, Buckaroo Banzai end jokes in there here and there. But, but other than that, you know.
1: That's true. Doctor Who and... The uh what is it, to Gilligan's Island, that was also in there.
0: <laughs> so what do you think when when Badgie I guess had his uh, epiphany when he saw all of space and time laid out before him?
1: Eh, yeah, I mean it was his reaction makes sense for what like I feel like he's he's smart enough to have like, oh wait, this is stupid to be that malicious. And the fact that, you know, there are all these other opportunities. But just the fact that he this happened is kind of weird. I mean, I guess it's, it's it's lower decks, it's gonna be weird, but it was just sort of uh I'm sort of indifferent to it.
0: <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's like kind of cool and kind of trippy. It's kind of like visually yeah. exciting. Visually really it's like,
1: super tripping. I like the, the visually I loved it.
0: I love Chris Westlake's music is like really powerful and it's like a fun sequence to watch, but it's so much happens so quickly. And I like, like even like the whole like Ascension to the great koala and all that stuff. They yeah. they were using like a lot of uh, animation and stuff that they they had come up with before. It was even the dialogue, just like I can see all of time, the beginning of time, yeah. the end of time. It's like, yeah, it's like in every movie, every show, whenever like a, a character like gets like that enlightenment or whatever, like they always say that they always say I can see the beginning of time and the end of time. And it's supposed to be like profound. You can see like the beginning and end, but it's like you no, know, like this always this happens with like every fictional character that that and evolves I think that's to this, how this they level.
1: Could cram so much story into this because it is such a known quantity that they didn't have to like mm. spell out a lot of this stuff. They could just do it, and yeah, it's going to paint by numbers, just, yeah. yeah
0: yeah it's like we've it's the same thing as, as so it,
1: it worked for that instance,
0: like with Agamas and Boimler in the interrogation room. it's like, okay, like we've seen this before we know what's gonna happen yeah. next, so
1: it would have been kind of interesting if like you didn't exactly know what happened and he just sort of disappears and like you know, like will I be back? who knows you know, like it like almost like Hugh in the first uh season of of next gen
0: but i I feel like the show. I guess realized okay we have these 3 evil AIs. We've we've left them all kind of dangling plot threads that we can right. we can you know go back to. People are going to expect us to go back to them eventually. We should probably like do we need to resolve these things at some point. So I feel like they were kind of trying to rapidly resolve all of that stuff and make sure that it doesn't interfere with whatever their their season 4 big plot with the mysterious ship going around doing whatever it's doing. Um, they, they wanted to make sure that all these, that Agamas, Badgie, Peanut Hamper were all kind of, uh, either resolved or moved away from that to where like, okay, the audience knows there's something else going on with them and the audience isn't going to be worried about them. They can now focus on whatever enemy antagonist, whatever we're doing instead. I suppose, but it just it just felt like so much so quick. I almost think this probably should have been two separate episodes. Like give us like a whole episode of on the badgy stuff and a whole yeah. episode on the peanut hamper and agamas stuff. Even though like they're all three AIs, they really don't have much in common other than uh, they, they, they learn to be, <laughs> be good eventually.
1: Right. Yeah. I could see it as two different episodes. Although I don't know if there is enough for two separate episodes in that case, then maybe an episode and a half. I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Or it didn't all have to be in the same season. They could have, I guess, split some of this. But I don't know. It just, it, just, it was a lot A lot of convenient stuff happened very quickly. Uh, I guess Badgie does make the comment yeah. about, like, all life is connected, synthetic and organic. So I guess, I don't know. Like, all, all life is sacred, all different types of life, infinite diversity and all different life. I mean, I guess it's all Star Trek. It's all there. It's just, there's not, not much new. It's not really saying anything new.
1: No, me. I would agree with that. I would. I, it would be nice if this had, well, I guess it did move the, the larger plot along, but just... A very tiny bit yeah it would be nice if it tied into something else but sometimes you yeah, have those episodes they're just fun for what they are
0: well i mean i i agree with you on like all the character stuff that like i, I liked all that stuff too and i like i like where peanut hamper and Agamus and badgy all end up i guess the badgy stuff i guess is the one that I, seems too convenient to me but i can live with it like cisco I, yeah. I can live with it i liked <laughs> Agamus telling Ty, uh i believe was the name
1: yes when
0: Ty- yeah is like will you be able to rehabilitate me too and i, I loved agamas's response like i don't know tyrannic but i can try yeah <laughs> it's like so it's sin- <laughs> so stupid but so sincere and so earnest and heartfelt all at the same time it's all three of those and i, I, I also
1: love it. that his laugh no matter what always sounds evil <laughs>
0: <laughs> always sounds evil yeah and like they don't explain that they're, they're, no at, at no point does someone say like does your laugh always sound evil yeah yes. but ah! i appreciate that like, yes i do too it's like yeah they they didn't they avoided doing that and i feel like a lesser show would. they know
1: that we're smart enough to understand yeah. <laughs> that's part yeah, of the joke
0: they don't have to explain they, they don't have to sp- spoon feed the jokes to the audience yeah <laughs> the star trek audience they may not always be smart but they always think they're smart that's the <laughs> thing about trekkies <laughs> they're not always smart but they always think they are uh so we're still the best there's a really ever. funny
1: stargate episode where they were they were Showing, it was, I think, episode 200 where they were, it was a, a Stargate movie or a knockoff of, of Stargate. And it's like, oh, you know, the audience won't know the difference. It's like the audience is normally a, a sensitive, you know, smart, intelligent bunch. Or like basically they're talking to the, the people watching Stargate, which I thought was kind of funny.
0: But, uh, you know, the, the good news is that we can we can get the grappler. Maybe, hopefully, eventually a bit more accurate, because now we have Goody on board. So
1: This <laughs> should not be. Like, that That part is, un- that's the least believable thing in the entire show, honestly. It's like, come on, how can these people not have a, like, aim it at something and shoot it? Like, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they should be able to figure that out. They thing can go out. lights, like, or faster than light. You know, it's like, they can do that.
0: Rutherford, you figured out how to uh, code an artificial intelligence god. I think you can right. figure out how to, how to handle the scrappler. <laughs> Yeah. That, that people that people were able to use just fine 200 years earlier
1: oh i don't know if we did mention the one thing uh when uh or uh, uh, says that he can detonate every warp core i'm just mm-hmm. like oh no because as a joke it, when we were reviewing uh discovery we said that possibly like maybe badgie caused the burn it's like oh he could have <laughs> it that would have made now... as much sense as what actually caused it <laughs> um I mean I, I don't dislike what they they
0: did with that reveal as much as you do, but I I, I do <laughs> dislike it. And I'll have to say like the having it be caused by badgie at some point after this episode would actually make more sense.
1: That would have been interesting. <laughs> weird, but interesting.
0: Yeah. It still would have been very weird. Yeah, not saying it would have been good. It just would have been better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do like having Googy as a recurring character on the show. I assume that's going to be the thing. Like, like any episode, Googy could show up. He can. He'll just be around to help out. You know, I I like that. I think that's cool.
1: I love at the end when he does the the rebooting thing, and he they think he's bad for like a moment, and there's a really long pause on mm. everybody just staring straight, and then <laughs> then uh, Tendy's like, um, yeah, so I'm gonna leave.
0: <laughs> <Just> <laughs>
1: like turns around
0: <laughs> my hope is that that's not a recurring thing
1: i want good to just be good i'm, yes. I'm like
0: brotherford like no Goodie's good
1: good <laughs> but i just love that the reaction i thought that was great especially the amount of time they let the pause go was yeah it was
0: funny yeah it was it was good uh it was well well edited it was a good moment good it, yeah. it hit it hit right i don't know what we're gonna get next week but i think they're gonna leave the mysterious threat alone and deal with it in Mm -hmm. the last two and i think we'll get like a two-parter finale which makes
1: sense because the screeners we don't have the last two
0: yeah they're they're holding on to the last two so i think they'll be connected could be wrong but uh we'll we'll find out soon yep so i don't think i have any other oh i have one last thought in my notes Mm -hmm. i like that uh is not going to call rutherford father because that would have been it just would have been awkward to hear that in dialogue yeah. all the time. So I like when he just says, "You can call me Rutherford," but they still—the relationship is still there. It's kind of like they still care about each other. Rutherford—he learned his lesson. He's not going to abandon this child like he like he did his last one. My hope is that Guji will just pop up in mini episodes and have uh, a lot of cool contributions to the to the crew to the ship to the stories to the jokes whatever i like having guji on the ship
1: it'll be uh yeah it, it's sort of like you think tendy is like really well uh intentioned and super chipper it's like this <laughs> gee you know bad uh, goody can out out tendy tendy
0: i want to see the two of them like go have i want to see the two of them go play on the holodeck and stuff <laughs> In let's have sand. fun with that let's have fun yeah. with Guji. yeah let's go build sand castles with guji just that would be fun uh, but any other final thoughts Wait, they weren't the on the
1: holodeck, so somehow they've figured out how to get Badgy off the holodeck as well.
0: Oh yeah, they must have a holo projector uh, down there yeah. in their their little cargo bay, I guess.
1: Yeah. Sorry, uh, you were saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just asking if you had any final thoughts.
1: Oh no, I th- I'm. I think I'm. I've said what I need to say. I can't think of anything more right now. As soon as we end the stream, I'll come up with like three really brilliant comments or something that I could have made,
0: but. Well, we can keep the conversation going in, in Discord or uh, Star Trek socials or wherever, but uh, Twitter, in th- yep. the meantime, we can uh, go on to the Gorn Egg section of the show where we like to talk about the in-jokes, Easter eggs, and continuity connections that uh, we thought were worth mentioning. Sometimes I list those things in different orders. I think it's normally Easter eggs, end jokes and continuity connections, but today it was yep. in-jokes, Easter eggs, continuity connections, so <laughs> next week it might be continuity connections, Easter eggs, and, and I did not
1: get a video out this week. I apologize. Also, it was like there wasn't. It didn't feel like it was a giant Easter egg or anything in there either. Yeah, so.
0: yeah we, we just work with what the what the episode gives us. Yep. So, But as for the title of this episode, A Few Badgies More, that is a reference to, I assume it's a reference to the uh, Clint Eastwood Western For A Few Dollars More. The mm-hmm. cool thing with this is that there is the Next Generation episode titled Fistful of Datas, when we had multiple yeah. datas. So, you know that that was a play on a, f- a Fistful of Dollars, the Clint Eastwood movie, and then the the sequel to that for a few dollars more gets yeah. spoofed with uh, a, f- a few badgies more. So it kind of had a Star Trek connection already. Mm-hmm. Uh the the Binar return in this episode mm-hmm. very prominently I was thrilled to see them. You know they had a mention in Star Trek Enterprise, but uh, other than that, yep. like we had, had not seen hide nor hair of the Binar since TNG season 1 way back in like the reagan years (laughs) so (laughs) it's been a a hot minute
1: that's a long time uh i threw their uh, voice the audio into audition and tried to figure out if there was a way to like okay what if they're actually saying something if they are i don't know how they cut it up and did it so it's like i have a feeling it's just like multiple audio clips just sort of layered on top of each other or run after each other so yeah i couldn't couldn't make it work
0: (laughs) more more than likely gook. but if, yeah. there is, if there is if there's a secret meaning in there someone let us know uh of course the uh the grappler i mentioned uh first seen in star trek enterprise but got a got a huge uh well i don't know about huge we got a fun shout out on strange new worlds earlier yeah. this year the tindy and sand thing so they mentioned in the first episode of the show
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: way back in 2020 that she had uh not really been around sand much they don't have sand on orion that always seemed weird to me because it's, i was yeah. like you went to college in san francisco that's on a beach oh like oh, <laughs> so, so i was like it's on the coast so like you should you should have seen sand all the time maybe she didn't get out
1: much i don't know but she yeah, didn't that's...
0: she because when she made the dog She said, "Like, oh, I didn't see any Earth dogs. I was always focused on my studies and stuff." Oh, right. So maybe she didn't see
1: them. That's
0: it. Does it does make sense eventually if you keep watching the show? It it made sense eventually. But she was also, um, she also had a a hard time with sand in uh, season one, episode four, Moist Vessels. Oh, yeah. She messed up the sand mandala for uh, for uh, O'Connor. Yeah, Yeah. when when O'Connor was preparing to ascend. So, you know, Tindy's relationship with sand is an interesting recurring thing in in the show. So the neurozine gas. Aaron, yes, they, they mention Neurazine mm-hmm. gas, which does, like you said, it, it incapacitates humans, mm-hmm. but doesn't kill them. So there's two different gases that there's Neurazine that incapacitates, and then there's neurocene, which was mentioned in DS9. Which, oh, right, that one is lethal.
1: Yeah, that was a deadly, deadly gas. But it um, sounds
0: like in the episode that neurozine. Like, yeah. So oh I wait, did we ever
1: look at the s- subtitles? I didn't. The even subtitles to say it. neurozine. So. So that's just a, a weird mistake, or maybe so I it think, will kill you if they over, like if you don't have any oxygen, if it's just pumped full yes. of neurozine completely. But th-
0: this is a, this is a great example, and what I, I I like for for us fans to do, where if if we see something that might not make sense in Star Trek, it's not a big deal. Like we're creative people, we can come up yeah, with a we'll, headcanon we'll explanation. It. Yep. as stan lee would have called it a no prize when people yeah. would write into marvel comics and be like i fixed this continuity error that wasn't even a concern to anyone but yeah. you know, congratulations kid you won the no prize well but yeah here it's like okay well uh we have neuro clearly the writers probably meant neuro but they accidentally wrote neuro that's easily forgiven uh, we can just say that oh well, sometimes neurozine incapacitates, but sometimes it kills you, which makes sense if you know anything about like biology and chemistry. And right, all
1: that. like well, anything you know, it takes too yeah. much aspirin or whatever It's like kill oxygen.
0: You. you can die of oxygen, oxygen. poisoning. Yes. Yep. All good there. And then uh, yes, the uh, the Tyrus Seven A research station was recreated from the Next Generation episode "Quality of Life"
1: with the Tucker tubes. Was the yeah. Mary now,
0: tube? now we know that those things are called Tucker tubes. Yeah. The the, uh, the really fun, I guess, like display of all these locations where lower decks has gone before but we we get that montage when badgie is kind of uh taking over the the galaxy we see the subspace relay that we saw in season 3 we get to see uh Douglas station we get to see station 25 we get to see uh deep space 9 um but the oh and the, you get to see uh Talen's, uh old Vulcan ship the uh Cheval with her uh captain yep. um what was his name uh, Sokol
1: oh the idiot, according to <laughs> Mariner.
0: But the the really fun one for me was seeing the USS Vancouver. And I was surprised, like, no one else seemed to care. I know. But Boimler's uh, no Exa.
1: Yeah. Lieutenant uh,
0: Barbara Brinson is is back in a blink-if-you-miss-it cameo. You see her in, like, I think it's the astrometrics lab. It's a... Yeah. Room that we see in Cupid's Aaron Arrow way back in season one. They, uh, they, mm-hmm. They're they in this room. So, But yeah, I just, I don't know. I always liked her. I thought she was neat. So happy to, yep. happy to see her again.
1: That was cool.
0: Then, of course, uh, Badge's Ascension uh, looked uh, very similar to O'Connor's Ascension. So uh, the, the show really does use a lot of its own history. So they they, they started great. doing that a lot in season three. Doing it just as much in season four. Yeah, I, I love seeing it. I kind of do think we might get a... We might get an explanation on the koala at some point, though. Like, hmm. I I don't want, like, a ton, but I just kind of want, like, an acknowledgement of, like... I don't want okay, the that- koala
1: to be the person doing the, uh, the the big season arc, either.
0: No, I guess it could be the koalas and that shit, but I, I, da- I don't want the koala to be, like... No, I don't actively involved in the uh the, the, the story of it yeah i just yeah. i just kind of like would if they just kind of somehow infer that like oh yeah there's like this weird cosmic entity that you know for some reason it had its eye on the cerritos for a little bit during all the during these years just i don't yeah like i don't need like i want it to be a, a crazy mysterious thing i want it to be something like oh it's so grand and beyond my my mere feeble human understanding i wouldn't be able to wrap my head around it anyways even if you did explain yeah. it to me but uh but g- give me something just give me a hint of something
1: and uh, you said you had something that you wanted to mention. And the one thing that I, people think is a thing, or at least Jorg does, I don't think is. There, and, and being the TAS guy, I was the first person to notice this and just jumped past it because it didn't seem like it, but there's an in one of our planets is missing you can see on the screen when they're trying to show them pictures of earth and what humans are like there's silhouettes of lassie and the rescue rangers running mm-hmm. which is actually kind of funny because it was on abc at the time it wasn't even on the same network and in york said like oh that's just it's a deep cut reference to that and i don't think it is i think it just happens to be lassie yeah. or a dog movie and it's like it could <laughs> be if somebody like wants to disabout abuse me of that uh, that assumption great i mean you, uh, you, which you would do be fantastic
0: you do mention the uh, Lassie Rescue Rangers thing in your book, and we know that mm-hmm. the, the that book is in the Lower Decks Writer's Room.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's possible.
0: So that is possible. But yep. I think more than likely, they just knew about Lassie as a uh, like huge pop yeah. cultural thing in the 20th century, and we're probably just thinking of that. But
1: <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, Jill says, Jorg uh, probably doesn't know how prevalent Lassie was, like being from a different country. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: yeah it's, uh, hell, that... To him, that's probably, lastly, only comes up, you know, when it is referenced
1: in Star Trek. but <laughs> <laughs> Or something, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, y'all heard me and Aaron talk about this episode for uh, over an hour, and uh, we'd love to hear what y'all have to say about it. So if you have thoughts, please let us know. You can um, reply to my tweets on, on Twitter. You can uh, tell us uh, how you feel in the TextRec Discord server or on the Trek Facebook page. We do love to share reactions we receive from people. We got some subspace transmissions from last week's episode, Parth Ferengi's Heart Place, the uh, romantic trip to Feringinar episode, so I can uh, share some of those with y'all. Okay. On Twitter, uh, Jill47 said, uh, "McGlimo is not up to the job of helping Mariner figure out what is holding her back." I was what we were talking agree. about, Aaron. Yeah, like, McGlimo yeah. does not seem to be capable of doing his job. <laughs> also on Twitter, uh, Wayne Vado said, A "Good episode, but least favorite so far of the season." So, oh. oh wow, Wayne, I'd be curious to know how uh, this week's episode fell in your in your yeah. ranking. On YouTube, uh, at Rorschach1 said uh, the naming of this episode is Chef's Kiss. So I'm assuming that Rorschach1 is in the UK and was aware of that weird uh, Garth Dark Place, whatever Garth Marenghi's Dark Place show that I had. I think it played on Sci Fi Channel as well. Yeah, you had mentioned that it looked kind of familiar to you. Yeah. I don't know. But it was I... one of
1: those things that it's not. It wasn't big in my my pop culture background.
0: Yeah, I watched a lot of sci fi, but like when it was like sci fi, like spelled like S C
1: correctly I <laughs>
0: dash F-Y- Yeah, I, yeah
1: like,
0: when they made it skiffy or whatever, like that's when I stopped watching. Siffy.
1: Yeah, yeah, S Y F Y. We, uh, I actually saw the the very first like day of Sci-Fi Channel when it premiered, which was interesting. Somewhere I have a tape of that.
0: What year was that?
1: 1999?
0: 89
1: or 90? Let's see. I think, yeah, hang on. Let's see. I will find out.
0: Okay. Well, I, uh, while Aaron is looking that up, um, I got uh, another... 1992.
1: YouTube.
0: 92? Okay, so a little later. September
1: than
0: 24th. Yep. Yeah, the, the first thing I ever watched on Sci-Fi Channel, it was right around, then. it was like 92 or 93 then. It was an episode of The Incredible Hulk from the 70s. Uh, oh, that's I, cool! It was the first time I'd ever seen an episode of that show, and I was like, "Oh my god, they made like a, a whole <laughs> show about like this comic book character that is so
1: cool." I think the thing that I really liked in the beginning is they had these little fake news interludes. So there was this ongoing story that was sort of woven throughout every every show, and it was like there was a um, it was the AI uprising, and there were there was like a, the a, the aliens, and, yeah.
0: The aliens were taking like people. People were being replaced by aliens, or something
1: was, oh, yeah. Even, President Clark, I remember that. So was like, <laughs> and then they had like the whole, you know, I probably corresponded with the actual election in America. So I think they were doing stuff like that. But yeah, I missed that.
0: Also on uh, on YouTube, uh, Ferdinand Cesarano says, uh, "Don't forget how great Adam West is as a voice actor on Family Guy. His performances on that show are extremely energetic." So yes, thank you, Ferdinand, for uh, pointing that out. I
1: what's in that reference to?
0: Uh, I was I. Was talking about Adam West not being as good of a Batman when he was a voice acting oh. Batman as when he was like, yes, physically yes, yes. playing Batman. But, right. Uh, uh, Ferdinand, it's nice to hear from you, and uh, I, I like it when you you point out the the things I overlook, like Adam West voice acting and, and <laughs> the the work he's doing on Family Guy, and then uh, also on YouTube from opinions no one cares about, uh, who says, see oh, here we got some more uh, some more advocacy for a uh, hashtag team Tinder Ford because opinions no one cares about says. My kid could see the chemistry between hashtag Tinder Ford after watching for five minutes, and he doesn't watch Lower Decks very often, so even the kid knows. Smart yep. kid. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to see. I, I think I think they're saving that for the end. I think that's why, like Mike McMahon yeah. is like, like, hey, Paramount Plus, I need to know, are you going to buy like a season six and seven, or do, does it need to end in five? I mean, I, I yeah, think he's asking because he's like, I need point. to know when to put the, I need to put like the 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 Rutherford Tindy kiss that's going to be like the big climactic ending of the show. Like, is that a season five thing or like season Ross seven and Rachel?
1: <laughs> they'll be at a starport waiting to get go to you like, know what? some other... <laughs>
0: Friends is another show that was on TV a lot and I never watched it on purpose, but I watched a lot of Friends because it was it's just always on. It was just, just on a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was, when it, they got when they got into syndication, yeah. it was
1: on all the time. I watched like the first se- two seasons in real time and then it was just like, oh, all of these are exactly the same. <laughs> it's Just like it's a, kind of a comfort show, but it's like there wasn't really anything. It was just will they won't they went back and forth forever. And um, but yeah, it was fun.
0: Well, I think we'll have a good time next week. I don't know what the episode will be, but I, I think they'll they'll probably focus on something smaller and a bit more lighthearted, and then get back to some big, serious stuff for the final two of the season. But whatever happens, I'm I'm looking forward to watching how it plays out. Uh, please, uh, please come back and hang out with us and talk Star Trek with us. Uh, there will be a live stream tomorrow night at 7 p.m. I don't know who's going to be on there. Uh, Aaron's feeling a little under the weather, so we appreciate him uh, hanging out with us tonight, and uh, hopefully he. He feels better tomorrow.
1: I just got like jabbed with needles. <laughs> it's, like, it's more of that. But sometimes it knocks me out, and sometimes it doesn't. I'm just kind of like in between this time.
0: But if if you're uh, listening to this later, please uh, go check out uh, on YouTube. Go check out our stream on whatever whatever crazy news got announced, whatever yeah. clips or trailers or whatever happened at New York Comic Con. Like, oh that that lower Deck stuff, that Prodigy stuff, oh, all that, that strange new worlds and discovery and whatever. Yeah, like, you know, go go watch our YouTube stream talking about it. And uh, what uh, could that... we make up that would be? Been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, a, a big thank you to the 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 Text uh, patrons that uh, that make the show possible. And uh, again, we'll be having our our watch party tomorrow night. We do one of those every month. You can come in as little as two bucks a month to get into the get into the watch parties. And they're fun. A uh, big big uh, big huge thank you to Starfleet Sohel, Cake Is Eternal, Crazy Dutchy, Joanne Robertson, John Dog, Geek Filter, Old Grey Trekkie, Quarksbar, Bar, Stephanie Durantes, Matthew Averett, Braxton. Chuck A and our anonymous supporters, thank each and every one of you. There's the uh, Thursday streams with uh, Rachel and the gang, and uh, make sure that if you are uh, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're subscribed to the uh, Text Trek podcast on one of the podcast platforms, make sure that you're also subscribed to Drawn to Trek because uh, Lord X is gonna you know run its course eventually. We'll we'll get to the the. F- big season finale in a few weeks and I'm sure we'll have fun talking about it but you know there's other animated Star Trek stuff we got prodigy stuff happening we got uh who knows what what else is in the works I know I know Aaron's talking about there's still some 50th anniversary TAS stuff yeah we can do do some
1: uh, TAS revisitation um just you know kind of button that up a little bit and uh yeah I'm excited to do that too it's also not like, you know, you don't have to g- try and beat somebody out <laughs> with, with the uh, with the news about it. And you don't have to be like, oh, OK, spoiler, because it's 50 years old.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I love talking about legacy Star Trek. I love talking about new Star Trek. Yeah. So I like having I like having all those conversations going because we got to have something to talk about. You know, we have to have some excuse to get together and hang out when when there's no new Star Trek coming out. So but uh, but but thanks to everyone who is uh, who's listening to us, who's watching yeah, us. Thank it's, you. Uh, the season of lower decks has been has been a, a good bit of fun. I'm curious how this uh, how this season's gonna wrap up. So I don't know. I've, I was feeling good about season four. I'm a little I, I wouldn't say nervous. Even if they drop the ball with their their conclusion for the big mysterious ship ending, I I think I'll still be okay with the season overall. But like I I don't know. Like th- this could potentially become my favorite season of the show, or it, maybe it won't. It's just gonna depend on how they wrap that stuff
1: up. Something I've heard from a couple people is that it feels very safe. It's almost like they got, like, too much pushback on the, the orgy scene or something. And, <laughs> and then just kind of, like, just went a little bit yeah. more middle of the road. It's good, but not, like, pushing any boundaries at this point. So, yeah, so we we'll see.
0: We'll see what happens. But we'll be back talking about it next week. And until then, as always, live long and prosper, y'all.